my name is Jesse. Um, I work here. Hi. Hi. <laughs> um, I have fans, and then, you know, you'll you'll realize at the end of this that I have some not fans. <laughs> so let's see who which, which you are. Uh, if, the, if you got kids and you want, uh, you want child care, there is some available. Um, let's see, what do we got? Are the little ones upstairs tonight? I don't know. They're around. But you're totally welcome to keep them here, too. My kids typically stay in here. Um, so, yeah, a couple intro things. Get myself organized here a little bit. Um, disclaimer: uh, I get excited, uh, and I and I uh, I'll swear sometimes. I use profanity. Um, <laughs> there's a, there's a, some some tw- uh, tourists here tonight, so don't get pissed at me. All right. <laughs> Don't don't get like don't don't send emails to Mike. Send them to me. And yeah, incidentally, like uh, we're in Ephesians, and there's a pretty pivotal uh, verse about language, and uh, we're actually going to have two sermons on that. And uh, so we'll be talking about the use of profanity and things like that. Real quick, profanity is like one of those sharper tools in life that can do damage and can be really good. It's like uh, anger, sex, profanity. There are things that you don't just use casually. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you got to use them on purpose. Uh, but anyways, uh, that's something to look forward to. Uh, might be me and Craig. Last week, uh, Craig Bl- Dr. Craig Blomberg. It's hard for me to call him Dr. Blomberg. He's just Craig. But uh, he's famous, evidently, for being smart. And uh, But last week was him, this week is me, and then maybe for the profanity thing it'll be uh, him and me because he's actually uh, written some essays and, you know, smart people publications about it. Um, but tonight, Rise Up, Root Down, that's the, that's the title of the, of the sermon. Um, there's another title that I'm not going to show you yet. Oh, it's good. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pray first. I think I need to hold this because it's driving me nuts. I don't have enough hands tonight. Oh, it kind of hurts. All right, so I gotta pray first because yeah, I'm just noisy. I'm just worthless noise unless Jesus helps me out. So and Jesus helps us all out. So yeah, pray with me. All right. Thanks for letting me do this, God. Thank you for letting me. Show your love, show your plan, what you're doing on earth to my friends. Because, man, I like the way you do it. It's weird. There's there's some, you know, we have some disagreements, but you've been right so far. So, um, yeah, help me to talk. Help my friends to listen. Uh, Anything good I say, just, you know, staple it to the inside of our skulls. Anything dumb, let you know. Just let that go out the other ear. Um, I want you to like this. That is my priority. I hope that you are pleased. That you like this time. Also, I pray that we're smarter. I pray that our lives are different because of this. Our lives are better because of this. Maybe not easier, but better. And third, I hope this is. I hope this is a good time. <laughs> I hope that this is a party. Um, all right. I love you. And uh, put your son's name on all of these requests, hoping that it's your will. Amen. So, yeah. 
The uh, the other title is the Gospel according to Andrew W. K. Um, Andrew W. K. is an interesting fellow. I knew about him before, but then this last week he came across my mind because of this passage that we're looking at tonight. And he is super interesting. Um, he likes to party. You may be aware. Um, that, here's a picture of him. If that's not a party animal, I don't know what it is. Um, interestingly, he's like, he's an empath. He is like pathologically compassionate. It's ridiculous. He is so positive. It's dorky. <laughs> I mean, also dorky. Do you see the dork in his eyes? <laughs> staring, glaring at you. He is so encouraging to so many people and in his music. Incidentally, I didn't plan this, but he has a new album that came out today. <laughs> Who would have thunk? But anyways, this is a more signature look. Um, he typically, you know, white pants, white shirt, and the blood streaming out of his nose down his neck. Because, um, you know, he parties that hard. Uh, he also has tips. Um, this is, you know, part of his positivity. He tries to, you know, help people party. So he has, like, literally hundreds of tips on how to party. Um, party tip number eight, no act of kindness, however small, is ever wasted. No act of partying, however soft, is wasted. <laughs> Thank you. Party tip number 65, listen to electric guitar. I do that. This is one of my favorites. Uh, not quite as, well, no, I like this one, but the next one, listen to the Ramones. Yep, that one's important. That's number 88. Uh, party tip number 124, sometimes you don't want to talk about it. You just want to party about it. Uh, the next one is simple, but profound. <laughs> Tip number 79, party. Like, ah, I forgot. <laughs> Thank you for that. that. You know, some of them are <laughs> more useful than others. One, uh, I should have put it up there, I think is party tip, make up a number. Um, make a pasta salad and put it in the street. Or make a pepper sandwich and set it on the sidewalk. That's it. <laughs> like, what kind of parties do you go to? <laughs> Andrew W.K. has a lot that bears upon my sermon tonight. This is a good sermon. You guys are in for a treat. It's, it was kind of weird. Like, honestly, started out the, working on this sermon, I was like, Ephesians can be a little boring for me sometimes. It's just all this like doctrinal stuff and like theological stuff. And it's like, yes, I know, I know, I know. And I was like kind of going through it. I was like, I know this. Thanks, Paul. Maybe this is where I learned it, so I got to remember that. I was kind of bored, but then, oh my gosh, like the last two days, like you all know that sometimes I, I can't work enough on sermons. Like I get a little, a little obsessed and I'm like, oh, this one, uh, I need four more hours. Dude, I was stoked on this one. I was like, I want, like yesterday, I was wanted to give this sermon then because I was so excited. This is a good sermon. Like if, if, if you would have given me like two more weeks, I could have made this sermon eight hours long. 
<laughs> and you would have loved all eight hours of it. There is so much in the passage that we are looking at tonight. Uh, it's Ephesians 3. I think it's, is it the next? Yeah, sweet. So here it is. Uh, Ephesians three fourteen through 21. Read it with me to start. For this reason, which is Craig's sermon last week. I'll talk about that a little bit. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven on, and on earth derives its name, which is an interesting statement. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit and in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we all ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Uh, I was kind of bouncing between, no, I did it right. I've been bouncing between uh, different versions, so no, I got it right, so it's cool. So, there's so much in this passage that we're not even going to talk about. Like the name thing? Oh, there's like all this stuff that we love about, like that we've been looking at at Scum about identity and how much you get out of a name. What is in a name? And we're looking at, we've been looking at that. We're not even going to talk about it tonight. Sorry. That was Dave's, uh, one of Dave's themes that he wanted out of Ephesians, and I'm totally ignoring it. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome, Dave. Um, <laughs> and the other thing is, like, the last couple of verses, like, all, well, actually, the, the, there's a little bit in uh, 19, no, 18. Power. And then the last couple of verses, power. All this power that happens because Jesus comes into your life, because the Spirit happens. We're not going to talk about that either. <laughs> it's just too much. It's too much power. You can't handle the power. Um, I just didn't study it enough, so that's why we're skipping it. Um, but what I want to talk about is mostly the 16 through 19 stuff. Glorious riches, so much faith, so much love. All of you want God's love. I promise you. Some of you are like addicts. I know some of you are like, have tasted it and you're like, yes, give it. You can't get enough. You're like just jumping into the vast ocean of God's depth, uh, God's depth of love. You're like, yes, I'll take it all. Some of you are like, yeah, it's good. It's, yeah, it's pretty good. I like to put, splash my feet around in it every once in a while. It's not bad. Some of you haven't even tried it yet. Some of you might not think that it exists, but oh, you want it. God's love is strange, and it's weird, and it's vivid, and it's brilliant, and it's dramatic. It is up, and it's down. It's wide, and it's deep. It's long, and it's high. So, for that love, the next steps for anybody, whether you're a God's love addict, 
or you've never felt it. Your next steps are rise up and root down. I'm going to say these things a few few times. Rise up means get up. Take courage. Be walking out in faith. So, look at uh, verse uh, 16, the, uh, the second part. He may strengthen you with a power through his spirit in your inner being. Whoops, 17, sorry. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. There it is. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Faith is, it can be such a trite word, but it is tough. It takes courage. Basically, it's like acting upon something that you don't, that you can't nail against the wall. And that is uncomfortable. It takes some gumption. It takes some power, frankly, that not all of us have. I mean, theologically, you can, you can say with some other verses and, and other books that the power to have faith is not ours. It's crazy. But we still got to try. Man, we got to try like hell. Incidentally, party tip number 15. If it was easy, it wouldn't be called partying hard. I didn't say it was going to be easy. That's why you got to party hard. (laughs) Okay. Uh, We're going to flesh these out more, but second one is root down. Uh, Verse is 18. Whoops. I've got the clicker. Verse 18 may have power that you may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Right before that, in order to step out in that infinity, to step out in that vastness, that craziness that is God's love, you have to be rooted and established in love. You're like, well, but how do you, what? So step two is root down. Make sure your roots are in love. You need to realize what love you have, what love you have been given. Namely, like, in this case, if you have faith, if you have faith that God is there, if you have faith that God gave his son. If you have faith that Jesus was God and that he died because he loved you, that faith is roots in love. You believe that God loved you, not because of what you've done or what you haven't done, but because you're cool. He's like, dang, I did good when I made Jimmy. Jimmy's sweet. These things kind of happen simultaneously. But they're necessary to each other. 
You have to step up in faith. You have to root down in love. These things let you go and explore how crazy God's love is. Our vision up here on the wall, that's our picture for it. Our words for it are, we're an outpost on the edge of the kingdom of God. Finding redemption in Jesus. That is what scum does. We're on the edge. We are kind of on the outside. Like Dave was talking about a couple weeks ago in his sermon. We're outsiders. We are, we live on the outside, but we go exploring outside the kingdom of God. We go investigate. We go try to find redemption. And redemption is the coolest trick God's got. It's so cool. And he does it so creatively. There's such, I mean, the way that we like, well, that some of us like to uh, phrase it is turning shit into diamonds. That is redemption. Turning something that's awful, that is profane, into something glorious. How does he do that? And it's to live for. That's what this church does. But in order to go exploring out there, venturing out, we have to step out in faith. It takes courage. And we have to remember that it's God's love that got us there in the first place. And this is for everybody. It doesn't matter if you're a Christian. It doesn't matter if you're not a Christian. These are the next steps if you want to try some God love, some redemption. There's a lot of questions. Like, what if, what if the Christian thing sucks and I want out? And I try it and... It's like, ooh, never mind. That's not cool. That'll be <laughs> that'll be awkward. What about the politics? What if, do I have to become an, an evangelical? <laughs> nope. That's a political term. What about the spiritual stuff? Is that stuff real? Do I got to fake that? Are all the other Christians faking that? I guess I can fake that too. Man, I, I I had these questions. Well, a couple of them when I was investigating. I was like, uh, yeah, Jesus, thumbs up. Good guy. He said some smart stuff. But I was like, spiritual. I was just such a naturalist. I was like, that's just kind of fake. Until I was hanging out with Christians and some spirit stuff happened. I was like, oh, oh, oh crap. <laughs> And then I had a, I started out with the, with the two phrases being nut up and rise up. Or no, wait, nut up and root down. Yeah, but uh, my wife helped me refine those better. Um, but I, I hit, when I was thinking about becoming a good Christian, I was like, oh, God, am I down? Am I going to do this? Am I going to step up? Nut up? It wasn't easy. So, a couple things. Like one thing that Craig did last week that I liked because I've done this. I've done this with some of my passages where I color code, you know, certain words that all kind of had the same theme. Just didn't work as well. But Craig did it way cooler. Uh, yeah, like he enlarged the words that were all kind of the same. So, excuse me. We're gonna look into infinity. Like looking into. 
the craziness and the depth and the width and the height and the depth or and the length of God's love. Oh yeah, just as a review, rising up, rooting down equals faith in God and His love for you. Equals partying. I'm going to get to the partying thing in a bit, but party tip number 20. A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, but a bird in the party is worth two plus infinity. So, get it? So if you've got a bird and it's at the party, if the bird has faith in God and his love for him, then you get two plus infinity. <laughs> oh, man. Gospel according to WK. Man, we're, not, we're never going to forget this sermon. <laughs> Bird is a word. Okay, so, with that in mind, Ephesians 3, infinity version. Pretty cool, right? So, yeah, look at the big words. How wide and long and high and deep uh, is the love of God, of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that's infinite. Infinite. Verse 20, immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. That's more than a little bit. And then forever and ever. Yeah, that's an infinite. We go swimming into this love of God that we can't get. Paul is praying this for us. He's like, oh, I want you to grasp how wide and how long and how deep Christ's love is for you. He's like, well, but you can't. We, we, we always study the passages. We were uh, in, with the staff together in the staff meeting, we were talking about this and like, well, how do you do this? It's like the finite running into the infinite. And I was freaking out. It's like, ah, oh, whoa, uh, infinity's big. Like, like the, the term that came up for me is, uh, agoraphobia. Do you guys know what agoraphobia is? The opposite, opposite of claustrophobia. Claustrophobia is like, ah, fear of confinement, small spaces. Agoraphobia is the fear of open spaces. You're like, what is too big? Like being out in the ocean. Like I thought about, you know, that book, uh, Life of Pi, with the kid and the tiger and the lifeboat. I read that book, and I'm like, ugh, no thanks. And then Steve brought up uh, that movie, movie uh, Gravity, where uh, Sandra Bullock's, like, untethered in space. <laughs> Steve's like, I'm not seeing that movie. <laughs> But then Tina was like, woohoo, cannonball. She was like all about it. I was like, eh, whoa. She also said, that, like, the root, I mean, Tina's kind of a nerd, I guess. It's like she's just kind of on point for a lot of this stuff. But, like, the root fear in both claustrophobia and agoraphobia is not being able to control your environment. And, ah, uh, ooh, ah. I feel that. Like, if I, like, okay, your job is to understand God. I'm like, <laughs> no, <laughs> can't. But what it says here, the way to do that is to rise up and root down. Your faith in God. And to remember the love that you've received from God, from others. There's so much love that you have received from God that you didn't even know was from God. To remember those things like, okay, all right, I'm not dead yet, I guess. 
Let's see what else there is. Like I said, this is for Christians. This is for non-Christians. I was trying to think of an illustration for the urgency and the need for everybody to do this stuff, to remember the love that you have received and to believe that Christ loves you and that he's there in the first place. And I thought of it. This, this uh, parable that we've, the, the staff have been kind of stuck on lately, but the prodigal son, such a good parable. So I want you guys to read this with me. Whoops, I got the clicker. Luke 15. So, and Jesus said, a man had two sons. Right there we have overlap, right? With the Ephesians passage? Because like the first one, the, the, the Ephesians passage, one of the first verses is like, God is Father. And everybody, every family gets their name from that Father. So already, like, we've got some fatherhood, some identity stuff going on with these two sons. Uh, verse 12, the younger of them said to the Father, Father, Give me the share of the estate that falls to me. So he divided his wealth between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered everything together and went on a journey into a distant country, and there he squandered his estate with loose living. Loose living is expensive. Now, when he had spent everything, a severe famine occurred in that country, and he began to be impoverished. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, and he sent them into the fields to feed the swine. And he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine were eating, and no one was giving anything to him. Verse 17, when, when, he became, when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread, but I am dying here with hunger. I will rise up. <gasps> he will what? I will rise up. And go to my father, and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired men. So he rose up and came to his father. This is one of the coolest verses in scripture. I love this one. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, felt compassion for him, and ran and embraced him and kissed him. The guy was super long ways off. The father was like freaking waiting for him. He's like just sitting on the porch. He's like, see that? No. Uh, no, it's a neighbor. Uh, no, there he is! And he runs and goes and get him. And then the son... <laughs> He practically, you know, he spits out his practice speech. Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. The father just basically ignores him. He's like, shut up. Father said to his slaves, quickly bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand, sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf, kill it, let us eat and (gasps) party. Party. For this son of mine was dead. He's come to life again. He was lost. He's been found. And they began to party. Forevermore, I will picture the father as Andrew W.K. 
they began to party. This is what we're getting to. This is what we want to do. We want to party. We want to go swimming in the love of God. We want to see redemption. We want to see shit and turn them to diamonds. We get so down. We remember so well all the wrongs against us. We're punk rockers. That's what punk rockers do. They don't do a lot to make the world better, typically. But we sure like to complain about it. We need to remember how we're loved. We need to step up and believe that God loved us and that he died so we could live, so that we could party. But there's more. Verse 25. Now his older son was in the field. When he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He summoned one of his of the servants and began inquiring what these things could be. It's a party. And he said to him, your brother's come. And your father's killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he became angry and was not willing to go in. And his father came out and began pleading with him. The, uh, but the older son answered and said to his father, look for so many years. I've been serving you, and I've never neglected a command of yours, and yet you have never given me a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your wealth with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And the father said to him, Son, you have always been with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate. And rejoice. We had to party. For this brother of yours was dead. And has begun to live. And was lost. And has been found. I. I've been a Christian for 20 years now. I get stuck here. I am the asshole older brother. So often. It's like, I'll do the right thing, 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 and then I get depressed. Everybody knows I'm super moody. (laughs) But it's because I just get so bitter, and I forget that God loves me. My roots and God's love, I don't work on those enough. Steve has a gigantic poster board thing at his house of gold stars. When God loves him. When anybody in that house gets loved by God, they put a gold star up. I think you guys are out of gold stars currently, aren't you? Yeah. I need to do that more. I'm I'm the asshole older brother. I need to root down more. And I need to rise up more. Christians. Guys have been around a while. Don't refuse to party. We never know if he goes. The father is trying just to get everybody to party together. But we refuse sometimes. We're like, no, let me follow the rules some more. 
Like, no, <laughs> let's party. Let's find out what God does. God doesn't need you to do more to do more shit. He's you to party right now. I got another version. Oh yeah, party tip number eighteen. <laughs> Thank God we have friends. Friends make a party much partier. With that said, here's Ephesians 3, partier version. The version got cut off, I guess. So this is the partier version of Ephesians 3. All the big words, look at them. Every family in heaven on earth. The other one, uh, verse 18. Together with all the Lord's holy people. 21. The church, which is not just one person. All generations. Partier version, right? We do this together. Because we do this on our own so often. I do, but I'm getting better. I mean, things are hard between us, like our family, the younger brother and older brother. I'm sure they didn't get along sometimes, but they could party. We get so bitter at, you know, the younger brother saying, ah, rule follower, older brother is killing me right now. And older brother's like, younger brother, did you have your quiet time today? Dude, it's not easy all the time. Like, some of my friends, me and Tina, me and Tina's one of my best friends, and we were so pissed at each other this week. (laughs) But we are friends, and we get through, and we party. This Saturday, Vatican Vance show, that's going to be a good party. We need to do this together. So often we want to sit at home. We don't want to rise up. We want to sit down at home. And just numb the day with some TV. We want to ignore the hardship. Ignoring the hardship doesn't make it better. (laughs) What makes it better? Say it with me. (laughs) Oh, yeah! I want to party with you guys. Holy crap. (laughs) Boo. (laughs) That is what we're doing. Trying this together. We're going to venture out into... Vast oceans, the deep of space, together. We won't be just untethered. We'll be holding hands. It was at this point in the staff meeting that Steve said, friends listen to Endless Love in the Dark. (laughs) (laughs) We want to do this together. And there's opportunities. We try to do this and we try to make this happen. Honestly, Scum is getting better at it. We can be super emo. We can be super just big duds sometimes. (sighs) We're getting better. 
There's goodness to life. There is vividness in life, and we want to find it. We have been given anchor. We have been given security to do this in Christ and the crazy, the shit that he went through. He died ugly because he liked you a lot. That is security that you can put in your pocket and go march around the world in with, with. Prepositions are hard. I don't care where you are at spiritually tonight. These are the steps you need. You need to rise up. You need to root down. I know it's, it's, it's a mess out there. This world is... <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> There's a lot of messed up crap out that door. But the answer isn't hiding from it. It's okay to be overwhelmed by life. It's okay. Because, man, yeah. Don't just, if you're overwhelmed by life, don't watch the news. Oh my gosh, don't watch the news. Again. Reiterating party tip number 15. If it was easy, it wouldn't be called partying hard. Don't worry. Stay positive. Let go of the stress. Everything will work out. I'm hugging you. Hopefully he wipes his mouth before he does. I don't want to get that on me. What doesn't kill us only makes this party. Right? Let's not stay down. Let's get up. Let us rise up. Let us root down and find out what God's doing. Not hide from it. I want you to think about this no matter where you're at. What can you do with this? Right now, there's something. Baby steps. We're going to do communion. Doing communion is such rising up and rooting down. Believing when you take communion that like, oh, God got broke for me. And I'll, I'll take it. Thank you, God. That was gnarly. The blood is what Jesus said, you know, he was having his last party with his guys, with his, with his 12 guys that he was super into. It's like, all right, guys, last dinner. This cup, this, this, this wine that we're drinking, I want you to do this sometimes and think of me. Think of it like my blood that is going to drip out of me, that is going to pour out of me. It's the plan. I want to do it for you. It is my blood of the covenant. It is me setting up a promise with you. It's an anchor for you. Remember me when you drink this cup.
The bread is like, this is my body. I'm going to get broke. And it's the plan. Eat this bread and remember me. That I love you. Root down in my love when you take these things. Uh, when we do this at SCUM, the, there'll be one in the back, one in the front. There's like a gluten-free option. And there, oh, it's juice. It's juice, not wine. Uh, those are the, you know, small, the fine print of it. But, you know, break, about, break off a piece, dip it in a cup. And think about it. Feel your roots go down just a little bit deeper. This could be the first time that you ever take communion. You're like, oh, this is how I want to do it. This is me saying yes to God. This is me saying, okay, let's try this. You can do that. You can get some prayer. We call that the prayer cave. If you want to talk about something, if you want to pray about something, if you want to talk to God about something with someone, there's people in there that do that really well. Um, so get some of that. So um, we got the posse serving tonight. So you guys come up. And and then, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Nat Genevieve, why don't you take it away? I'm going to pray, and then we'll worship some more, okay? God, oh, you're good at this. Like, life existence is weird, and I like it that way. It's scary, and I like it that way. If it wasn't scary, it'd be boring. God, I want this. I mean, goofiness aside, like, I want to party harder. I want to say this life is good because of you. And I want other people to think that this life is good because of you. Because it is. Things are going to get better, way better. Right now it's kind of messed up, but there's all the more reason that we need you shining on us, showing us what is wrong and how to fix it. We love you forever.